So tonight we're going to go to part three of the Shulamite Bride. We're going to continue. I want you to, before we start, just to, to realize something that I know we, you might not understand, or people listening might not understand this, but I want you to understand when, I, when we do a topic like this, out of Song of Songs, you must understand to who it's written. A lot of this gets preached to the general, I nearly wanted to say public, to the general church. But let's be honest, the general church is not ready for this. A lot of people will teach this to everybody and anybody that wants to listen to this. And this is not what it's for. This is for those that are struggling, going through the motions, but they have one focus. They want to be with Him. It's a huge difference. All right, so understand that. That's why I cannot do this at a Sunday church gathering. It's not meant for those people. We cannot do this with the... With no, not that there's something wrong with people there. They're just not love-ready, like I said last time. So understand this and, 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 and know why. That's why there's such a... Why the body is so unbalanced of the body of Christ. Because we are saying, preaching stuff to people who are not ready for stuff, and we are people that are ready are hearing the stuff which they should not be hearing, which is too baby for them. And that's why everybody's struggling to grow because there's no balance in what, what people are eating or even dishing out to the people to eat. But uh, I want you to understand, so in everything we do here, you must always remember this doesn't apply to the body. I'm going to say this again. Everything we do here, you must realize it's not for the to preach to the body outside. It's for you. For you to apply in your life, to live in your life. You can want to teach this to people when the Lord appoints you to, to work with a group or whatever. Then you can do this when the group's ready for that. But this is, so what I'm trying to say is, so everything we do in the, in the Bible school, in like this topic here, um, you cannot go and say, oh yeah, but, Pity and sunny, yeah, they must do this still because listen to this. They're not here, that means they're not love ready. So they will not do it. This is for you. All right, you understand what I'm saying? Everything we do here, you cannot expect somebody that's still sitting in the, maybe in a church system somewhere to apply to their life. They will not. We all still struggle even to understand all this stuff because it's hard. Deep, love, intimate stuff that we have to work through. Sometimes like the, the piece of meat that we dish out is not that soft and we have to chew on it a bit ourselves. All right? So how can you go dish this out to kids that can't, don't have teeth even yet to eat it? So must always remember, everything we discuss here, it's for... The ones that are love-ready, that are more mature, wanting to grow more. They don't have to be mature. They must be on their journey. Whether it's on the beginning or in the middle or close to the end, they're on that journey. That's all they seek. They're not interested in playing around. All right? They're not for that. That's not what this is for. 
So don't try and think some of this stuff you must, oh, why are they not doing this? Why are they not? They will not be doing this stuff. All right, that's why we don't give it to the general public. If we had the church, I would not do this in the church. It's too deep. And they're not ready for it yet. The church wants to hear how good they are and how wonderful they are and we're okay. That's what they want to hear on a Sunday service. That makes them happy and that gives them courage to, for the week to come. Because next week they need to recharge. And that's where they are and they need that. But you're not. We don't have Bible school for a month. You should not be, it should not tickle you at all. You should be okay with that. If something happens, we can't. I mean, we don't want to do that. But if it happens like that, it shouldn't be, oh, what am I going to do now? Because you are more mature. You can deal with it. You can have your own quiet time at home. Because you are there. That's where your relationship is with the Lord. We all love getting together. And that's why we need a place. Because we want to get together more. There's nothing wrong with it. But that doesn't defy us where we are in our relationship or what we must do or not do. All right. Do you understand what I'm saying? And this, because some of the stuff is deep and people are not going to understand it. I, I saw an article today, but I, 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 watched, I saw this YouTube thing come out on, on somebody that I followed for something many years ago, and they, they, something came up in the feed, and it's a subscription feed. They had something on it again, and they haven't had anything on it for years. But so I just clicked on it on interest, like, because I haven't seen anything on this for years on this channel. And they had this thing about the Antichrist. But they had this whole, I list like three minutes and I switched it off. This whole thing about the alien invasion that's coming and um, the Antichrist is the alien that's going to walk in power. Yeah, yeah. And I'm looking, and these guys are, are, are educated people talking on this thing. It's not a YouTuber, it's religious educated people and you listen to this and you think I actually want to throw up if I listen to that to hear the things that are are saying what's going to happen with the temple in Jerusalem um, and it's all these sci-fi they, I think they watched too much sci-fi movies when they were younger or something no I watched yeah I <laughs> know yeah, yeah, how they how they take that stuff in the Bible and make it these weird things. Now the the aliens are going to have that's alien that's going to be the Antichrist that most probably going to be alien because he's going to have power. Because the word says the Antichrist is going to have power. What does that power mean? Dynamus or it's not power like power only. It's what you say and how you speak, and it's not power. You know, move a mountain. It's not always some stuff like that. But it's so scary to see what religion is doing outside there. And this YouTube channel is a big group. It's not a well-known group. You guys will not know them. It's not a well-known group. But it's a big group. There's also a lot in the Jewish stuff. But it's a huge group. And you hear what these guys are saying. It, it sounds like you're listening to a five-year-old kid, you know, when they talk to you. And you can hear that's what they're saying is not making sense. But they think it's good stuff. That's how it actually sounds. And it just got me thinking, man, wow, where are we as, as Christians? Where are we going? What's going on outside? Everybody's playing Sunday church. 
where there's a place for that, but they're playing it. They're not going through the motions to grow through stuff. They are happy to play every Sunday and, and we are have the little gathering in the week and feel good we had a we had a gathering and let's let's go on. Sorry, I'm getting sidetracked, but it's just, I can see this, this stuff is, that's what I'm saying, this stuff is not for everybody, they're not going to understand. If you say this to those people, they, they're going to pick up a cross and to, to kill you, because you're going to, they're going to see you as demonic. I actually thought of it while I was listening to this, I thought, today it's more acceptable to talk about the good side of demons. In movies, cartoons, it's everywhere. It's not something that gets frowned upon anymore. It's like a general conversation, just continuing. They speak about those things. Where 10 years ago, people would frown on that. I mean, now, nothing in a movie, there's demons in it. And I don't mind if there's demons in a movie, they don't bug me. But it's just, it's everywhere. And people don't frown upon it anymore. It's like accepted to, to see that it's normal. But it's not normal. Christianity is normal, but that's nowhere to be seen. We that's supposed to be normal are not visible, and the demons that was hiding are open and visible now on every platform that you you go to. I mean, go look at the most of the cartoons the kids are watching these days. It's everywhere demons and stuff in it, demonic stuff in it. I'm not talking about spiritual spells and hidden stuff. I'm talking about open cartoon demons and stuff in the cartoons. And they are called demons. It's not like they're hiding it, they're saying this is a demon. It's openly it's a demon. And I'm not saying we've got to go against the cartoon now. Please don't do that. Don't, don't attack bullies. <laughs> That's not what I'm saying. I'm not talking about that. All right? But we need to know this stuff as believers. But most believers don't know this stuff. They don't even realize this stuff. We need to be educated. Don't say to me, you're too old. You're not too old. You need to know what's going on in the world. Because it's the Lord's world. And at the moment, the enemy's got more say in it than he's allowed to. So, when we talk about the Shulamite brine, I'm talking to you sitting in front of me. This is for you. And the ones listening that are on their journey to grow towards maturity. Let's call it that way. Um, it's for you to realize in what you must walk for this and how he sees you then. This, this, the Lord doesn't see a normal baby believer yet like this. Because they're not love ready. You cannot tell them, listen... A, B, and C, because I love you. They don't understand that language yet. This is for you. They don't understand the language, but you're so hungry. When you hear it, you take it and you go with it. And then you understand it. You're not throwing it away as weird or don't understand or whatever. Or make it a literal teaching. All right, The church does it. So understand this. This is in what you must walk. Even though you're going to feel like this, Shulamite, I'm not worthy, I'm dirty. You're going to feel that way. But you know he loves you because remember, you started this with asking him to kiss you. Do you see what kind of Christian it is that is asking that? Most believers will not be at a place where they would want to ask that. 
even of the Lord. All right? But we are at a place where we are love ready, so we will ask him, come and kiss me. All right? Remember, that's how she started this, this Shulamite bride. We're going to continue here in verse 15. It says, Behold, thou art fair, my love. Behold, thou art fair. Thou hast dove's eyes. In the Passion Translation, Look at you, my dearest darling. You are so lovely. You are beauty itself to me. Your passionate eyes are like gentle doves. The Hebrew word fair that they use there means yape. If you want to say yape, it's an easier way to pronounce it. Yape. Now, from Yap, the first one, it means beautiful. It speaks about beauty. That fair, remember, we're talking about the word fair here, in, the, in what it says. The Hebrew is beautiful. And it's used five times to describe the Shulamite. And three times she's called Yap, Yap, Hi Yap. It's a, it's a difficult word to say this. Hayab Abanishma. That means the most beautiful of women. Five times beautiful. Three times the most beautiful. Gives you eight. Huh? That's how he speaks to her in this book. So five times he says to her when she's fair, it means you're beautiful. That's how he looks at you. Three times he speaks to her and says, you're the most beautiful. Or no, eight is the number, like we said, new creation, new. Then, it's, then the dove's eyes. He speaks about dove's eyes. We all know that the dove is a type and a picture and an image of the Holy Spirit. All right? And he's, he's actually saying she can see through the eyes of the Holy Spirit. Eyes is a type of vision. Vision. So what is she seeing through? What is she looking at? So for her to use this vision, the eyes, through His Holy Spirit, will give her this revelation. And when she has this revelation, He will become visible more and more for her. It's like, if I can give you an example, it's like somebody would read the Bible for how many years, and then one day they will read that same thing that they're reading and they see, oh, yes, Jesus hidden in the scripture. I never saw that. Your eyes go open your vision through the Holy Spirit and he opens it up and you get revelation. All right? When you get a revelation, it's through those eyes, the Holy Spirit's eyes, the dove eyes that you're looking. And he's saying this. Do you know that the dove is the only bird that can only focus on one thing at a time? I never knew that. And it sounds like it's common knowledge. Did you know that? They say that uh, they have peripheral vision. They, they can only focus on one thing. They don't, uh, other birds don't do that. I never knew that. So I said, yeah, when you truly love someone, your focus is just for that one. That's how a dove operates. I never knew that about a dove. So yeah, through the eyes of the dove, Remember, I'm talking to you. Not talking to your friends, Sunny and Yanni. I'm talking to you. Are you using that, going through and allowing the Holy Spirit to see through Him how to, to do things, how to see things? All right? 
Now it's the Shulamite speaking. Remember, this was a shepherd speaking, saying all this about his bride, with the eyes and the dove eyes. He's saying it. Now the Shulamite is speaking. Verse 16. Behold, thou art fair, my beloved. Ye pleased also our bed is green. The patient of this is my beloved one, both handsome and winsome. You are pleasing beyond words. Our resting place is anointed and flourishing like a green forest meadow bathed in light. Beloved, there's a word from the unused root meaning properly to boil, that is figuratively to love, implicates between beloved fathers, brothers, love, uncle. What I'm trying to say, it says beloved, um, beyond our fear, my beloved. Look at what, the, what they are saying here. It's boiling. So what is he saying here? The beloved causes his heart to boil over with passion. That's why he's going with this. But he's speaking to her. Come, you guys must be awake. You hear what I'm saying? You must see what he's saying here. Then he says, um, our resting place, our bed. It can be couch, bed, canopy, depending on what you want to call it, this place. But it's all a place where you rest, intimacy, the bed, canopy, especially in the other cultures. So he's saying our place of rest and intimacy is anointed. I'm going to repeat it. He's saying our place of intimacy, our bed, our couch. That place of intimacy is anointed. Green speaks of life. We all know that. Color green speaks of life. So... I said, yes, so at this place, when they are there, there's life blossoming, like the Passion Translation, out of the forest. You will see that in the Passion Translation, out of the forest, life blossoming. Isn't that beautiful? I mean, it starts with a dove, and look where it's going now. Verse 17, the beams of our house are cedar, and our rafters of fir. Cedar wood is also used in Solomon's temple. The foundation of Solomon's temple is built out of cedar wood. You can read it in the Bible. In Afrikaans, you see this one in Lebanon. And I went, I know, years ago I went to look at all of that. And I can remember reading about how many boats they would have used to carry, because that wood wasn't there in that area. They had to go to the Lebanon where this, this wood, cedar wood was growing, and they had to ship it by boat. Over. Can you imagine how many wood and boats they had to use to do that? So they only wanted that wood. You're going to see why now. But it's, it's, it wasn't a quick, a quick thing to do to build that. That was the foundation of Solomon. Today we throw concrete as the foundation. They used wood as the foundation. So what is so special about these cedar trees? I said, yes, cedar trees, um, cedar trees, they thrive in damp climates, enabling it to withstand many conditions. Cedar doesn't shrink or swell or decay. Even when there are severe changes in weather, they don't. They say uh, cedar is sound resistant, so it can absorb noise. Cedars. I've got here the points for you here. 
Durability lasts for decades and even centuries. Light in weight, easy to work with, ability to accept stains. It's warm. Uh, it's a it's warm or cool. The touch to it and the wood that they can use it for depending where it stands, and it blocked noise. This is the foundation of Solomon's temple, and he just said here, the beams of our house are cedar, and our rafters are fir. All these things is the wood, which comes from a tree, which is you. Because a tree in the Bible, I'm going to show it now, speaks about man. So look at this. Light and weight, are that you? Easy to work with, is that you? Ability to accept stains. People can hurt you, you take it. It's not nice, it doesn't say it's nice or it's easy. It's just you can take it. Warm. Block noise. Or do you make noise? That's what he's seeing in this one. So your house is built on these things. Your relationship are built on these things with the Lord. These are the things in your relationship. He covers you with these awesome things. Don't you uncover it and bring your things. That's what he's giving you. All of this. Chapter 2, verse 1. I am the rose of Sharon and the lily of the valleys. Passion translation, I am truly his rose, the very theme of his song. I am overshadowed by his love growing in the valley. The word Sharon, that rose, means his song. That's what it means. So what is it saying? So she's singing herself, sorry, she's seeing herself. As the one he's singing over. He's singing over her. The shepherd. The bridegroom. So you must know. He's singing over you. He's singing over you. Most people believe, believe the rose of Sharon is Jesus. Which it can be. But it can also mean. That it's. Um, you. You that rose. Because this is the bride speaking here. She understands. Um, uh, I said, yeah, he has showed her and she understands it. She understands what he's saying here. I, I am the rose of his song. The th you are the theme of his song that he's singing. You as a person, as an individual. If you're a rose, look at a rose. Roses are sometimes, people will say, difficult to grow. They're not the easiest to grow. They need a lot of attention and pruning and stuff. A rose. So, I read they said, a rose needs six hours of sun per day. Minimum six hours of sun a day to grow. It needs water weekly and it needs very good soil to grow. It needs to be fertilized. So you need a lot of problems in your life. That gives you fertilization. <laughs> Manure. Huh? Manure, yeah. <laughs> I actually read something the other day say without without manure, nothing will grow. Without problems, you will not grow. And it's true. It's so true. Um, I said you cannot go without some fertilizer happening in your life. Um, 
Pruning is another aspect to consider when caring for roses. Uh, I said, yeah, this is what takes place once the leaf buds appear in spring. They make cuts about six, six millimeters above the bud eyes and prune out any twig or unhealthy branch. If you want to be a rose, you've got to be allowed to prune. So if you want to be this Rose of Sharon, no, 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 you're going to get pruned. You've got to be willing to go through that. If you don't want to get pruned, you're not going to walk in this. Isn't it every year? Every year? Some of us get pruned more than once a year. <laughs> but it's every year. But look at what, 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 how rose is known in the flower industry as one of the most beautiful flowers, most seek flowers. When people want to buy something, a flower for the one they love, which is the first one they normally go for? The rose. There's something to a rose that's unique, especially in the flowers. Yeah, it's got the fragrance. I mean, have you ever seen a, a woman walk and, don't, and doesn't smell a rose? They will always smell and see how that rose smells when they walk past a rose flower. They will always go and sniff at it. So I said, yeah, you must realize this. You are not a messed up loser just hanging on as a believer. You are a rose. The most beautiful, fair, the bride that he died for. Remember all the verses we carry now, the fairness, the most beautiful. But he does stuff to that rose to get her to where how he wants her to be and smell. We all need to learn uh, to love like this, like this is saying this from the Shulamite side, we need to learn that love. Not look at our weaknesses, our failures, but to, to know that love and to, 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 to function in that. There's, there's always a place for correction. Always. There's always a place for correction. But then there's a place for love also. Correction is more for the younger believers. They need a lot of correction when they're still young and guidance. And remember, correction is done for, out of love. They will not see it as love. They would see it as hate and all that stuff. But correction is needed. If you don't cor bring correction to your child if they're young, good luck when they grow up. You're going to see what's going to happen. But this is not for that correction. This is the ones that love already. They must go. You've been corrected now a couple of times in your years. You're not that baby anymore. You now love ready. So know about the love. Stop wanting to be corrected again. All right, you've made the mistakes, you've grown past them, hopefully, and now you're love ready to, to do this. Um, then it says, I'm the lily of the valley. Uh, a lily is a picture of purity, holiness. You all know those, valleys, those lilies only grew in a certain valley. I'm not going to go into much detail now, but the valley also speaks about stuff. In the valleys, what is in a valley, water normally. It's different than on the hilltops and stuff, all right? So it's a specific place where only these lilies grew. They didn't grow in any other place on, on, on grasslands or pastures or hilltops. They only grew in the valley, these lilies that they speak about here. Um, but it's a picture of purity, holiness. 
Um, I said here, the lily speaks of his beloved ones. That's what he calls them. That's how he sees them. So we are basically a rose and a lily. We're not a common lily that's everywhere. You will only find us if you go into the valley. That's where we are. That's where we grow. To go pick it in the valley. It's not a normal flower that's everywhere. You can just go and pick it. You need to know where to get them. Uh, I just said this for interest sake. I'm not going to go into this. The emblem of the lily was also engraved in the upper part of the pillars of Solomon's temple. The lily was there. On the pillars in the upper part, the flower of the lily was also engraved there. So it had huge spiritual meaning for them, that lily. All right. Now, verse 2, the shepherd is speaking. I'm at verse 2 here. As the lily among thorns, so is my love among the daughters. Thorns, it's a picture of sin. Uh, the curse of Adam, if you want to call it that way. Uh, what crown did Jesus wear? A crown of thorns. You had to carry your thorns, your sinful mindset. That's not the mind of Christ, it's the mind of thorns. He had to carry that to the cross, to go nail it to the cross. He replaced his mind with your mind that was full of thorns. That's why he had a crown of thorns. Um, so he took the curse on him, the sin curse on him, the thorns. So he's now saying, this is basically saying the curse is gone for you. I mean, he, he dealt with it 2,000 years ago on the cross for you. You don't have sin anymore. Hello? You don't have sin anymore. Realize that. All right? This is how he sees you because he's done that. Yeah, you're still sinning, but you also know this. And you, you, you honor him for that. You know what he did for you there. It's not cheap for you. It was not a cheap thing that he did that you sin just to sin. You know what it cost, the price that it cost. I said, yeah, we focus so much on generational curses and stuff for the church. I mean, they've got so many theologians and people fighting all these generational curses. But I hardly hear any of them make a teaching about generational blessings. Because that's in the Bible. When have you heard the teaching about generational blessings? It's not good teachings. It doesn't draw the crowds. But speak about the curses, you know, the people want to hear that stuff. You know, it's like the aliens. They love hearing that type of stuff. I said, your father's blessing is much greater than any curse anyway. He's dealt with all those things. And ask him to help you. If you think you've got a generational curse, ask him to bring light in that area for you so that that thing can be dealt with. Because it was dealt with 2,000 years ago fully. You just need to walk in it or maybe realize it. Uh, and like I said, if I say this to normal Christians, they will not like me for saying that. Because they still want to fight. Eh? I have spiritual warfare. There's a place for spiritual warfare, but you need to know on what you are standing or what is done at the cross. The enemy has been slain. Even though we don't see all of it, he has been slain. I said the only fire, which is a type and a picture of the Holy Spirit, helps us to get rid of our thorns. We, I've done a teaching many years ago for those that can remember the thorns and the thistles that needs to get burned out eh? so that the beautiful stuff can stay behind. I did a teaching on that. But yeah, the, 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 the fire 
comes to clean. It burns the thorns out. Um, fire burns away all those ugly things that hurt us and stuff. The Holy Spirit. Verse 3 is the Shulamite speaking. As the apple tree among the trees of the wood, so is my beloved among the sons. I sat down under his shadow with great delight, and his fruit was sweet to my taste. The Passion translation, my beloved is to me the most fragrant apple tree. He stands above the sons of men. Sitting under the, his grace shadow, I blossom in his shade. Enjoy the sweet, ta sweet taste of his pleasant, delicious fruit, resting with delight where his glory never fades. We said trees speaks about people. All right? It's a type and a shadow. So I want to read you a few Proverbs 25, 11 to 12. When some words spoken at just the right time are as appealing as apples gilded in gold and surrounded with silver. To humbly receive wise correction adorns your life with beauty and makes you a better person. But look at what the apples is, eh? In gold. And surrounded with silver. What does it do? Makes you a better person when you eat these things, eh? But, so Jesus is a tree that stands above all. He's also a tree. Because he was a human being. He came as a human. And you would love to sit under his shade. That's the reason we have trees to go sit under them. When you are in a very warm day, that's why people will wherever they go, lie on the, in the sun. No, they will go sit on a tree because they want the shade. To have some of its delicious fruits. Remember, we've said this so many times before. A tree is made for somebody to to eat its fruit and to sit under it. It's not made for you. To, if you are a tree, you don't eat your own fruit and you don't sit on your own tree. It's for other people. But most believers act like they want to do it for themselves. It's me, myself, and I. It's my fruit and it's my way. Nobody comes close to me. Huh? How many Christians are like that? No, I don't want any other one coming close to me. I don't want to talk to people. I don't want to help people. No, 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 no. Oh, I've got my little thing going. My family and this is all. Yeah, that is good, but it's not all. People must be able to come and sit under your tree. I mean, even the fivefold is seen as a tree. And it stands like that. So in everything, I'm going to end off here. With everything we just said here now, we started off with this dove eyes speaking revelation. You must work through that. You must know that he's seeing you as his beauty. This apple tree that, that brings this beauty forth that is different than the rest. And you want to eat that fruit of this tree. And I, wanna, I want you to realize this. And, and it's not pointing fingers at you. But I want you to think, are you that tree that people want to kind of sit under? Because there's fruit on the tree. And the Bible says there's nine fruits that shows you that you are in love with Jesus. Because remember, it's not your fruit. It's his fruit on your tree. Because you are connected to him. His fruits are growing. 
and we all know this, but I want you to think about it again. Love starts with this one. I have a saying, I say, none of these could even happen without that one being the main one. But still, there's nine of them. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, gen generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. When was the last time we came together? Two weeks ago? How many people came to sit under your tree this last two weeks? And this is what they got from you? I hope so. I hope you are giving it to them. That. Or did they get you when they came to sit and talk to you? I'm talking worldly stuff, not Christian stuff, anything. This is not just for speaking with Christians. This is to speak to the world outside also, so that they would want to eat of that fruit, which is Jesus. Because where else are they going to see it if they don't see it with you? I mean, let's face it, most people outside are not going to church even anymore. So where are they going to see Jesus? They're supposed to see it in us. Out of these fruits, they must come and sit here and want to eat of those apples. But then you speak to them through the voice and the mouth of the Holy Spirit. That's what it's supposed to be and how it should be. To think on this, this is not to point fingers, this is for me also. We all make mistakes like this, but let's not keep walking in those mistakes. I said, yeah, when you sit under him, his tree, when you sit under Jesus' tree, this is what you will receive, these fruits. When you sit with Jesus, that's what you will receive. And I said, yes, she enjoys eating this, and it tastes good. If your tree is not having those fruit, any of that fruit, guess what? That people will not come to you again. They wouldn't want to talk to you again. Why? Because you had, didn't have that fruit. Because you're more worried maybe, what, what about me? And my issues and my things. And then rather, what about what is the Lord showing you? What is the Lord talking to you about how to deal with the situation? In your workplace, at your home, wherever. Those are the things we must walk in. And again, remember what I said in the beginning. You are not baby Christians anymore. Otherwise, uh, other words, you're not interested in playing. You want to grow. That's what you must show the world outside. And I know it's sometimes hard. But we need to realize this stuff when we are making a mistake in these stuff that we can step out of it. We really need to see, listen, mm, what is it? Gentleness. I'm not being gentle to people when they talk to me. I've got to change. I've got to stop bringing vanity to the table. Like you used to do it or whatever. Because this bride is love ready. He wants to take her to the inner chamber. But look at the fruit she's, she's eating and getting from him. That's why babies, when you correct them, they fight because they don't realize it's for this one day that they must have this on their tree. 
they must, like they eat it from his tree, they must also carry his fruit then on their tree one day for people to come and sit under them and eat in the shade and enjoy it. I mean, I can remember when I was still young, if I go to the farms and you were out the whole day with a gun trying to shoot something but you couldn't shoot anything, um, you would go look for a tree. Why? Because you would be in the sun the whole day and you would desperately look for a tree. And I can remember when I was young, in my grandfather's farm, we always went to look where the fruit trees were that had some fruit, other oranges or, or lemons. That was mostly what they had there. And what's that other thing called? What's what's the dry? No. Yeah, what, what's the quaper in English? Quinch. I don't know. It's very dry. If you eat it, it dries your mouth. But you eat it with salt. But we always went for those trees. We looked for those trees to go to. I mean, there were other trees we could sit on there also. But we always went to the fruit trees. Why? Because we want to eat. Because we're hungry. We want to eat the fruit. So people, when they, when they come and sit under you, they want to eat. They don't just want to come sit to you and just talk about whatever. They want to eat. Remember that. And those are the fruits they want to eat. Because you ate that from him when you sat under his tree. But know how he's looking at you. Know why is he looking at you. Why is he pruning this rose every year? So that you can carry these fruit. And we will not be 100% in all these fruits. No ways. We will not get there. But let's strive to be as good as we can in those. So when I walk in town, somebody doesn't come and say, Yes, that mukka. <laughs> I don't want to talk to her again. Yanel, who have you? Is she in your group? You know, I don't want to hear that stuff because you should not hear that stuff from me, from people saying it about me. Because first of all, I would say to them, but I know Mukka, what are you talking about? Can we go to Mukka and ask her about this? If it's something like, you know what, it's bad. Because you're going to get people that's just evil. But you also get very quickly understanding if somebody's doing wrong and people ask you. They must say, yes, I spoke to that Mariska. I heard she knows you. That's a lovely lady to speak to. I can see she loves the Lord. They don't even have to say anything about the Lord. They can just say she's an awesome person. She can, can speak. And then you know, hmm, they picked up something. They might not realize yet what it is. All right? That's what it's for. That's why people want to come and sit under your tree and eat. All right? So you are more mature. A mature tree carries fruit. Because the Bible says if it's not carrying fruit, it will be chopped off. Because it's not walking in its purpose that it was created for. You guys are created for this. To walk in this. That's why you chose to sit here, not sit just at a Sunday meeting, wherever. A normal Sunday meeting. You want more. Hopefully some of those people sitting in the Sunday meeting will also come up and grow. Like you did. I think 99% of us here started at a Sunday meeting. But we grew. And we don't look down. We serve. 
if you don't serve and you look down, then you're busy with the wrong thing. 